1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on the eve of yet another game for Glasgow's Big Two. Ange Postacoglu is praising his players' resilience as more attacking injury doubts appear ahead of the trip to Ross County. Giovanni Van Bronkers says it'll be after the winter break before Rangers fans see Kimar Roof and Ryan Jack return and Sean Maloney emerges as the frontrunner for the Hibs job. They play Dundee tonight. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me on the show this evening you've got Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna. And if, or more likely when, Sean Maloney takes charge at Easter Road, what an opening game for him. A cup final against his former club Celtic. A Celtic side that still don't know whether they'll have Kyogo Furuhashi, James Forrest and Michael Johnson available for Hamden on Sunday. They're not available for Dingwall tomorrow night. And as you say, Gordon, the injury problems don't just belong to Celtic Rangers. No Kemar Roof, no Ryan Jack until 2022. And it's a, it looks a real interesting appointment potentially coming up at Hibs. A one that's, for me, a brilliant appointment. It's a, a young, hungry manager who's served his time as, a, as an assistant at an incredible level with some outstanding players, with a manager he's worked with uh, as, a, as a player. And he's, uh, it'll have been a brilliant learning curve for the last couple of years working with Roberto. So really, really forward-thinking appointment for me. 0141 That's the number you need tonight We've got big games still lingering from the weekend Plenty of talking points if you want to revisit some of them We do have that pending Hibs appointment Hibs fans, it would be great to hear from you Is that one that excites you? We're looking ahead to tomorrow's matches as well Celtic fans, what is happening with this injury list? How confident are you that there's still enough depth, enough quality there To negotiate a very busy festive period? And Rangers fans, not only Kamar Roof and Ryan Jack, Giovanni Van Bronker speaking today about potential January transfer plans. What are your thoughts? What's your wish list? Uh, let's start getting that stuff in nice and early before it gets extra busy over the festive period. But you do need to pick up the phone to get in touch and speak to the guys directly. 0141 951 1025. Of course, you can tweet, as always, at Clyde SSB, but there's no substitute for the real thing. Pick up the phone. And let us know, Roger Hanna, uh, your esteemed colleague, I almost said that with a straight face, Mr DL, who's usually with you on a Tuesday night, not with us uh, tonight. So Kenny's new to this Tuesday slot, but for you, you're more than used to this middle ground between still digesting what's going on at the weekend, but also looking forward, and particularly at this time of year, it is a breathless period, isn't it? There is no time to stop and take stock of what's going on. Yeah, there's a, a complete redrawing of schedules this week. Kenny Miller's coming in on a Tuesday night for the first time. I'm told Daz isn't here. He's moved his bath night from Wednesday to Tuesday, so he was unavailable for selection tonight. But as you say, it's a breathless time of year. I think he's delayed bath night. I brought it forward, I should say, so he can focus on the Rangers and Celtic games tomorrow night. Every three or four days, they, they seem to be playing Sunday. It was Rangers at Tynecastle. Looked an awkward fixture. Could have been an awkward fixture, but for those early goals, Celtic then take up the baton at three o'clock. An excellent goal by Tom Rogic. Well worked free kick to see off your beloved Motherwell. And now they do it all again tomorrow night at Celtic, who have got that awkward looking journey up to Ross County. Nobody needs to remind the Celtic supporters what Ross County have done to Celtic over the last few years at times. That will be difficult. Big win for County at the weekend there. And Rangers, I don't think Rangers will want to take St Johnson likely. They might be bottom of the league now. But people will remember Xander Clark in that six yard box at Ibrox last season. 
Kenny Miller, did you like this period as a, a player? What, I don't know, is it the old, oh, well, at least you don't need to train as often because you're playing games every couple of days. What was the sort of mindset going through a busy period like this? It was always a tough spell, but it was always one that you enjoyed. This festive period it was always great. Like you say, when you you get Christmas out of the way, you can't indulge too much on your on your turkey or a wee glass of red wine because you've got a game on Boxing Day, you know. So it was it was always a really good time building in towards normally big fixtures as well, which are around about the New Year a New Year spell. So yeah, I loved it. Games coming thick and fast, particularly if you're in good form. If you were in good form and you were winning, it was a chance to maintain a bit of form. But see if you weren't, and, and you've got a, the next game's there for you, the opportunity for you to turn that around, you know, and maybe get kickstart your season again. So it's uh, love the period. Uh, it's always a nice period, always a nice time of year, obviously for family and everything as well. But love football at this time of year as well. Come on then, let's hear you speak to the guys. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five Celtic fans. What about these injuries? It doesn't seem to be getting any better. Uh, straight away if anything perhaps marginally worse so how are you feeling about it how confident are you that it won't derail things over this busy period who would you like to see perhaps given a chance what sort of solutions uh, can you come up with Rangers fans what about this January transfer business we'll hear from uh, the manager that might whet your appetite for that uh, in a bit more detail but either way you've got to pick up the phone and get in touch please let's hear from you right now do not hang about 0141 let's kick things off by hearing from the Celtic manager Ange Postacoglu shall we he says Kyogo isn't far off from his return however he still does not know if the Japan international will be fit for Sunday no this this is kind of a, a different one it's a different area so again I, I don't want to be specific because he's we haven't got the scans back on on what his issue is yet so once I get that back but it's it's definitely not the same problem as last time at the moment would he would he be a doubt for the final I don't know well yeah it would be a doubt for sure because I don't know you know so mm. if I don't know that probably makes him a doubt it certainly does. Uh, he also says James Forrest's latest injury isn't related uh, to the one that kept him sidelined earlier in the season, still waiting on a full diagnosis. No, this this is kind of a, a different one. It's a different area, so who knows? I'm not sure. Like I said, he's he's not far off. Um, it just depends. It's a day-to-day thing. Um, you know, if he's if he's ready to go, we'll play him. You know, if he's not, then we'll look to the following game. But um, I, I'd expect him to be back over, you know, at some point in the next week or so. Um, from the way he's improving at the moment, but again, there's always, you know, with these things, you, you're kind of relying on everything running smoothly, and they don't always go that way. If he has a setback, that might put him back a little bit further. So, but he's him and the medical team are working hard, and we'll see what happens. Still all a bit up in the air then by the sounds of it. Celtic fans, pick up the phone, let us know how you're feeling about it all. 01419511025, let's hear from you right now. Uh, Roger Hanna, it's been quite something, this injury list, hasn't it? Yeah, listen, it's nothing you've ever seen before. I mean, you touched on there, Kyogo, Forrest and Johnson. Throw in Jota, who's been player of the month. Albina Yeti, who went off last midweek. Giacomakis, who's, who's still injured as well. I mean, Celtic started, as you would see at the weekend, with David Turnbull, probably their most advanced player. And they finished with Joseph Juranovic as a right winger. That's how they might have to start in Dingwall tomorrow night. Um, young Ewan Henderson's come in. He took his goal really well against Betis on Thursday night. But the likes of Owen Moffat, Joey Dawson, really guys untried in, in the first team, have been training with the first team up at Lennoxtown with a view to being involved on Wednesday night because that that's how far down Celtic have got in the pecking order for front men. 
Yeah, I mean, Kenny, look, let's be honest, injuries happen to every football club at every level of the game in every country on the planet. So I don't mean to portray this as if it's a unique case to Celtic. However, if we remind ourselves of the context, this was a huge rebuild for Celtic. I think even the most optimistic Celtic fan would admit that they don't have as, as deep a squad as they would like, given the, the turnover of players. And it's all players in the same area of the pitch. You've got Kyogo, Ayeti, Jackie Marcus, as Roger mentions, uh, Forrest, Mikey Johnson. It, it, is that just when your luck's out, your luck's out, and it all happens in the same area? There was something that, uh, that Ange touched on after the injuries about his style, uh, the way they train, the way they want to play. It might be something that you look at in regards to their front players. Because if you look at, yeah, injuries happen to every team all over the world. But their front three, if you were to pick a Celtic front three right now to play the way Ange wants to play, it would be Kyogo through the middle, Jota on the left and Forrest on the right. Well, they're out. If you were to pick the next lot, it might be Giacomacchus, Johnson and Abada. You know, they could be, like, or sorry, Ajete. Like, they're, they're out as well, you know. So there's there's definitely something there that the attacking players, whether it's how they're playing, how they're training, there's something going on with, it with the attacking players. And I'm sure Celtic are working tirelessly to find out exactly what it is to get the bottom of it because... I don't think it can be coincidence that it's all these attacking players that are getting out, that are out injured with soft tissue injuries. You know, and I find it also strange that they've not found out what's going on with Kyogo as well. I mean, he got injured five days ago now and they don't know the results of scans or what, again, whether he's just not maybe forthcoming with that information at the moment because he doesn't need to. But I would imagine they do know the extent of what the injury is at this moment in time as well. But the bottom line is, the, the first choice front three is missing, which... With a big league game tomorrow and a, and a tough place like going up to Dingwall on a, on a Wednesday night's tough, and then with a cup final over the horizon on Sunday, it's a it's a huge huge loss to have the three players in particular missing. Middle, middle of December as well, you wonder a heavy pitch at Dingwall on a Wednesday night and a freezing so, cold night. Yeah, yes. I mean Celtic cannot afford any more injury, and they should go up there when they come off the bus. David Turnbull and Tom Rogic should be wrapped in cotton wool. To, to avoid anything else happening to them Because they're down at the bare bones as it is They really can't afford a single more fitness problem Before this enormous cup final on Sunday afternoon Okay then, I think we can go to the phones 01419511025 uh, Gary is a Celtic fan from Motherwell Gary, how are you feeling about all these injuries at the moment? Are you still feeling pretty confident things will be alright going forward? It's, it's never easy, I suppose, to be honest, but um, no, it's, it's certainly something that Celtic's had in the past, you know, it's not something that's never happened before. Um, kind of younger, younger players, I think there was a couple of points raised yesterday where they were kind of saying, like, the younger players are probably not ready or, like, it's too big a step, but, like, there's never a right time or a wrong time for these younger players to come into the side. I remember Celtic when they went to the new camp, mate, David Marshall and, obviously, John Kennedy, young boys, weren't really ready, but they get thrown at the deep end and it kind of makes or breaks them. Yeah, Kenny, we, we these clubs have lots of money pumped into their youth academies for a reason, you know, so I, I get that argument and it's something, as Gary mentions, that, that did come up last night and would be very keen to get your thoughts on it given you were a very experienced campaigner in that area of the pitch. Are you better picking a striker from the youth team simply because he's a striker by trade or do you still try and compromise with a David Turnbull or a Tom Rogic or someone out of position because overall they will still be a better player than whoever the, the striker is from the, the youth team, if that makes sense? No, I think I think that absolutely for me, you, you go with a more experienced player. I mean, 
the way that Celtic want to play, you can play the, any role on the football pitch a, a number of different ways, you know, and that's the thing I'll just have to have kind of been awkward slightly with David Turnbull being the more, and we, and we talked about this last week, potentially who could do it, Mikey Johnson's, David Turnbull's, uh, Tom Rogic, could all play the role in a similar way. You know, David Turnbull for me, again, I said it was probably the most likely for me, again, that I think how he plays the game is he's comfortable receiving the ball uh, with his back to goal is the way he receives it is very very good uh, in, in regards to keeping the ball away from pressure good awareness as is Tom Rogic I just felt that Tom Rogic is so much in a, a creative influence on the team that it would maybe be a wee bit harmful to his performance if he was to play in up as the focal point but yeah I would definitely go with one of the more experienced players to be honest with you because like you say they're more familiar with their teammates they are ultimately at that moment a better player uh, Definitely had the experience. Just to touch on something that Gary's saying, it's not necessarily about being ready about throwing someone into a, into a game. It's actually in regards to the injuries, I was just kind of talking about no, somebody not being ready. It's like when you're a younger player getting thrown into a team to go and get asked to go again and again and again, that's where the the the, the physical nature of having to go every, like Roger says, every three or four days. That's because listen, that's tough for a, a, an older player to keep going over that thing. But for a younger player that's not experienced it and their body's not had that uh, five games over over thirteen days, it is, it's hard for them to ask to go over again. And particularly, can say is the way they want to play, the way they train, the way they need to to play the style that Ange wants to play. That's maybe why you see the younger players picking up these injuries or picking up other little niggles off the back of players coming back, like a James Forrest. And I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, Roger, I get the the examples Gary uses are. Bang on! They're, 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 they're perfect examples of young players at Celtic over. Yeah. Uh, to, to be fair, a long time ago, who were pitched in and 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 took their chance. They were obviously good enough, though. I mean, look at the careers those two guys. Well, John Kennedy's was on was on track for an outstanding career before the injury, and we we all know what David Marshall went on to achieve. So, um, I, I get the logic, but they obviously have to be good enough at the same time. Yeah, and, and I don't think you'll see it tomorrow night simply because. Andrew went down the experienced route on Sunday and it worked. Celtic got the three points against Motherwell. David Turnbull, who pushed on one, he was involved in the goal. Rogic, who was in behind, scored the goal. Um, He's got Callum McGregor and Nier Beaton to give them a little bit of solidity in midfield. You'll probably need that at Dingwall on a Wednesday night. And then it's either side. You would think a badder would probably start one side and you might find Juranovic has pushed on to start on the other side when Johnson and Forrest are both out. So... It's not the side Celtic supporters would have expected to see. It's not the side Ange Postacoglu would have expected to select. But it's probably the side he'll go with. Yeah, I mean, Gary, it must be difficult because quite often you've got one big game that might be two weeks away. You know, say it's a Scottish Cup final at the end of May. You've got a couple of weeks. You can you can see it clearly in, in the distance. But Celtic have got a League Cup final this weekend, but they've got a game before that. They've then got numerous games and, and then it's Rangers. It must be... It must be pretty tough to kind of know when or or what games to target and try and get players back. No, definitely. Um, like like you said, with the kind of going with the more experience, like you're also going to run the risk of the guys potentially picking up injuries for the final as well. So that's what I was kind of always thinking of. Like yeah, they, they pump a lot of money into the development kind of side, the youth players. So it'd be good to see actually what we've got. We've kind of kind of lost a few good ones in the past, like Jack Aitchison and stuff like that as well. So. It'd be good to see what kind of kind of players have got in there, and obviously mixing with the kind of senior professionals, there are enough quality on that part to carry them in like a, like a, a league game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Roger, the, the other side, and, and for you and Kenny on this one, that 
I, I don't want to just throw generalisations out there because players get injured. It can happen. Specifically on Mikey Johnson, though, you just feel like Celtic fans are just waiting on him to stay injury-free and try and get that run. Like I say, I'm not saying it's his fault. It's not a criticism. Some players are, are plagued by these things. But especially at a time when it might be an opportunity for him to nail down a, a starting spot and, and show what he can do, it just seems like it's constantly stop-start with him at Celtic, which will be frustrating for fans, but not as frustrating as it will be for him. Yeah, like, listen, the, lad, the lad's been very, very unfortunate with injuries. And, you know, when, when you think there's an opportunity just opening up for him when Jota goes out the team then, this is his chance to come in and shine under the new manager for the first time. And he's picked up a little knock again. It really is unfortunate. As you say, there will be no one feeling it as much as Michael Johnson himself because, you know, he's he's, he's played probably 50 or 60 games for Celtic's first team. He's not just a kid playing half a dozen first team fixtures. He's played a lot of games, but it's been stretched over two, three, four seasons now. What Michael Johnson really needs is a run of 20 or 25 games together to show what he can do. Um, because I don't think anyone... Doubts his quality Anyone doubts his technical ability It's just that ability To stay fit They used to say that The first question Alec Ferguson used to ask When his scouts recommended people For him at Manchester United Was how many games The player had played In the preceding year You know If he played 50 or 55 games He was nailed on to get signed If he played 10 or 15 And had two or three injury spells They weren't interested In taking him on Yeah I mean Kenny The other name as well Is James Forrest you almost forget there was a period like this at the start of his career where he was he was hampered by injuries because he then something changed and I know the club put a lot of hard work into it, but he, he then became ever present and he just played all the time and he was always there and like I say that you almost forget that he, he was injury hit at times. You just hope for his sake first of all, for Celtic's sake, for Scotland's sake, that this is not a a return to those early days if you like. Yeah, that was it. I mean, again, it did seem to be when, when Brendan Rodgers had came up that he did have that sustained period where he was, I mean, he was absolutely on fire. But not just for Celtic, for Scotland as well. He was a, he was one of the first names on the team sheet, I'm sure, for, for club and country. So it is disappointing because, again, through through experience as well, like some of the hardest, the hardest thing coming back for injury for me, particularly with wee muscle injuries, was getting through that first week, that first 10 days of training. And then once for me, once I got through that, and to be honest, it was even just a couple of days. If you got through a couple of a couple of days sessions, and then and maybe you were on a bench and you came on for twenty minutes. Once I'd got through that, just psychologically, I, I thought, you know, yep, I feel good. I've not felt any any little niggles off the back yet. If I did, you probably need to take a step back from the training or or being involved in the games. But it does seem to be, and it's not about. A, a recurrent injury It's just recurrent injuries Because one thing Can lead to another You know You're you're compensating You're running a different way You're even walking A different way Because you're feeling something In one area of your body You know So that can be Part of the reasons Behind these kind of Little niggles off the back Is maybe longer term injuries So like you say Both with Mikey Again a younger player James now a far more Experienced player An established player You just don't like to see it When they're coming back For injury And then I'm picking Other little things up Because these questions Will always get thrown at players You know And it, and it can drive you crazy As a player Because because you're there, you're working hard, you're putting the time and you're doing the rehab and then you go out and you just feel something because you're just, you feel probably a little bit vulnerable because you've just came back from an injury. Even in your head, it can be, it might just be a general tightness or something, but you're questioning, is that another wee injury? Is that another wee niggle? Is it going to keep me out for another few months? You know, so it's no nice to see players when they've just come back and then, and then picking up other little injuries. 
Okay, thank you very much to Gary. It's 01419511025. Rangers fans, this might be a good chance for you to get involved because the manager Giovanni van Bronckhorst says January transfer planning is well underway. So I wonder what do you hope that planning looks like? If you were in charge of the planning, what would it look like? Pick up the phone, let us know right now and we'll speak to you after these. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here to take your calls don't disappoint them pick up the phone and let them know what is on your mind whether it's looking back on the weekend's action looking forward to tomorrow Celtic fans the injuries just keep piling up Rangers fans uh, some interesting comments about to come from your manager as well so get in touch let the guys know what is on your mind on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. In fact, let's go right back to the phones just now on that number because Tommy is on the line. Tommy's a Rangers fan. What's on your mind tonight, Tommy? Uh, I'm actually going to talk about tonight's game, um, Dundee versus Hibs. And I'll tell you one player, uh, a young boy of Forge, about 13, a young boy, Luke McCowan. He just signed for Dundee this season, for United. Um, I would like to see maybe one of the old firm teams in a, a first look at him. Just want to know what your opinions are to him. He scored a couple of goals. I think he scored three goals in his last four games. He said a few assists. So, yeah, Roger Hanna. He he got goal of the week from Andy Halliday yesterday. Goal of the weekend, I'm sure it was. And uh, it's an interesting shout. What do you make of it? Well, I'm actually going to see Dundee on Saturday playing against Andy Halliday's Hearts at Dens Park for Super Scoreboard Sunday. I'll be hoping he doesn't repeat the feat at Dens at the weekend. Um, I saw a lot of the lad down at Air United, um, and he always thought he had a wee bit, you know, he had a move in him. He's going to Dundee Took a little while to settle There's nothing the matter with that But as Tommy says He really has Hit his form in the last month or so He took his goals really well Up at Dingle at the weekend And was probably Disbelieving that he was coming down That journey back from Dingle Having scored twice And not even got a, a draw bonus Far less a win bonus out of it all But he, he is a decent player um, I think he's probably a wee bit to do yet before either Rangers or Celtic will be looking at him You know, you look at the, the quality of players that Rangers and Celtic have got in the final thirds But it does have improvement in him So all you can do with players is give them an opportunity Kenny, is that one that's caught your eye in particular? I know you've been out and about, seeing a lot of games And doing a lot of media work at various places in the last couple of months No, I've, I liked him, I liked him when he was at air uh, I thought he was a really... Interesting player, a younger lad playing at air. Uh, I always, again, like Roger, I thought there was a, another step in him. He probably needs, if he's going to get to that level and teams of that ilk are going to have a look at him, he probably needs to nail a regular starting starting spot at Dundee and continue that level of consistency, goals and assists that Tommy's referred to for for the old firm to be like, like to catch their eye. Uh, but definitely a good. Uh, a Premier League footballer, no doubt about that. And if he can continue the good work that he's done and improve. Then there's no reason why you can't have another. That Dundee could be another stepping stone for him to something bigger and better. And is it not amazing, Kenny, that at the start of the season everyone was excited when Dundee signed Lee Griffiths, to Jason Cummings, and Killian Sheridan, and they were all going to score all of these goals. Dundee's best run in the season has been when none of the three of them have been in the team. And they've gone with Luke McCowan, Paul McMullen and Paul McGowan trying to support Danny Mullen. And they've all scored goals and they've all looked bright. And they'll, yeah. they'll be going to Edinburgh tonight looking for something against Hibs. And, and they'll believe that they can get something at home to Hearts at the weekend because they've, they've managed to get themselves in a little run of results. I know they lost in Dingwall. But, but they actually had a wee bit of space ahead of Ross County and ahead of St Johnson prior to that. I think it does lead us on nicely, Tommy. I'm glad you, you mentioned that. I always like it when people have got 
a bit of scouting that they've done. Uh, hang on the line and we'll hear a bit from the Rangers manager and, and tie this in because Giovanni Van Bronker says that their January transfer planning is well underway. He says the aim is to end the month with a quality squad. Well, we have um, quite a lot of uh, meetings uh, with Ross Wilson, so we, we know um, you know what we want to do and uh, in which areas we have to be prepared if something happens. So in that way, we are already preparing the, the, the transfer window. You know, it's always good to, uh, to be, you know, like uh, you have a squad you want in the end of the window. It's never good when you are entering the window and then the end of the window, you are a less squad than you, you came in. So the objective for us is to, when the transfer window ends, uh, we should have a, a quality uh, squad as well. Now, Tommy, if Luke McCowan is on that list, this goes down as one of the greatest super scoreboard calls of all time, and you have identified it out of nowhere. I don't know if that is the case. But what do you make of um, what do you make of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst there, Tommy, saying that, that the planning is well underway, and, and what do you think that planning might look like? I like what, I like what you're saying, but I still think we need to get rid of a few players as well. Um, the Rangers and Celtic have always got to strengthen because they're always trying to keep one step ahead of each other. As for the young boy, look, McCowan, I know what, what the boys are saying, but I always think if you get the boy new, you're getting cheap, whereas if you wait till he's, <laughs> he's, he's sort of in, improved, you're going to have to pay top dollar for him, you know? It's what, I think if you take a player, but a good player, which I think the boy is, and you can make him a great player, rather than wait till he is a great player, then have to buy him. Well, yeah, I, I like the logic. Gordon, Getting in there Gordon, early, I certainly don't mind that. Logic. If you remember, Gordon, the, the last signing Dundee to Rangers, fifty thousand pounds, Glenn Kamara. So I, I, I think they've done okay with that deal. So listen, maybe Tommy's got it right. Um, listening to the Rangers manager there, Roger, what is your gut feeling at this? I was going to say early stage, but it's not. It's not really, is it? What are we two weeks away from the window opening, which is quite alarming how fast the year's gone. But that's a different point altogether. Um, what, what do you think of what you just heard? It'd be fascinating to see what business Rangers do. Um, some of it might depend on the outcome in January 2nd at Celtic Park and what's the gap? Is there a gap? Who's ahead by that stage? You know, what, what do the Rangers think they need to do? Because Celtic will spend. I think Ange Postacoglu is looking at these three lads from Japan and maybe more to come in. So where, where do Rangers need to strengthen? And a few weeks after those well-publicised losses... Will there be anyone going out the door to fund the incoming players? For me, centre of defence, you still need to look at, you know, there's been injuries to Hellander and Balogun. Connor Goldson still doesn't have a contract beyond the end of the season. So, do Rangers bring Nikola Katic back from his loan spell in Croatia? Did they go and try and buy a centre half in January? Did they go and try and loan a centre half in in January? That's probably the area of the park for me where they, they probably need to do their most work. Um, because elsewhere, the midfield seems to be operating okay. The forward areas, again, seem to be operating okay. And Giovanni Van Bronckers seems to have brought just a little bit more energy to the team in the last few games. So everyone talks about bringing in a player. I think every club in the land just wants to freshen things up, maybe with one or two in the January window. be interesting to see what that one or two look like for Rangers. I feel like two weeks ago that would have been a point that all Rangers fans would have been nodding their head at, Kenny. I just wonder if the emergence, if you like, or the continued run in the team of Calvin Bassey has has cooled the need to do anything on the defensive front, whether it is recall Nikola Katic or you know, sign someone. Is, is he now sort of settling into that role in, in a manner that, that 
might mean Rangers can can hit the brakes a little bit on that. I think he's done great. There's there's no getting away for that. I think that's what six games or so now that he's, he's played centre back. He's, he's been very. I think it's probably Giovanni's six games. So they're unbeaten. Uh, he's looked really comfortable in because if you break it down, his strengths. He's he's quick. He's six foot plus. He's strong. Uh, he can play Again that's something You see the way Giovanni wants to play His centre backs Are going to need to be able To pass the ball They're going to need to Take the ball under pressure And make good decisions I think that's one side That he could He can improve on a little bit But he's comfortable doing it He's more than willing To actually take the ball And try and ball from the back But he's uh, he's done great But I think he's a left back You still even see him In some of the games He's, he's making these Big bursts forward he's, he's got that in him You know So as a left back He's a very He's got Big potential as a left back as well But in this moment He's filling in the void that, That's been left by injuries To Hollander Balogun Obviously Katic is away on loan And he's doing very very well And a successful team as well You know the team's doing really well So he can cover But I do agree if 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 Hollander is going to be out long term Or Balogun's going to I think they probably need to look at that area And you know, who knows what's going to happen with Goldson You know he's out of contract Does someone come for him in the in January And the, the Rangers listen because it's an opportunity to get some money for them Where they're going to lose them for nothing in the summer So there's a lot of questions to be answered Surrounding January for Rangers Tommy I'm keen to get your thoughts on the game tomorrow So I'll do that in just a second But to round off this sort of transfer chat If you like Roger Hanna Is this where the the structure that Rangers have The role that Ross Wilson performs Is that where in theory you, you should see this Come to fruition And you should be able to see it working Because I'm assuming he already has players that Rangers have been identifying for some time. This surely is not Giovanni Van Bronckhorst who walks into the job a few weeks ago and now has to scramble around looking for players. I'm sure he'll have an input and he may have his own ideas as well and, and bring things to the table. But but this is the continuity that a director of football, sporting director role is supposed to bring, is it not? Yeah, well, it, it should take out the panic. It should take a, a take away the running about, as you talk about. Um if Giovanni van Bronckhorst asks for a centre-half, I'm sure Ross Wilson will be able to present a list of potential centre-half signings. But as you say, I think the manager will have his own ideas as well because, you know, when Stephen Gerrard came in, he looked to some guys that he knew, you know, Ryan Kent, first in the line, to, to come in. So there'll be a bit of a mix-and-match, you know, way of doing it. Giovanni van Bronckhorst has brought quite a few in, not all immediately, but he's dropped in three or four more into that backroom team, into the structure of the football club. So he'll have his own ideas how he wants to take the football department. And I think he'll work closely with Ross Wilson, not necessarily just saying, yeah, I'll take one off that list, but but maybe liaising with him and just seeing if, if they've got ones that are maybe on Ross's list and Gio's list. Yeah, Kenny, the fact that he is a new manager, does that, does that put a slightly different complexion on things? Because Rangers are in a decent place. They're four points clear at the top of the league. They're they're through in Europe with a brilliant tie to look forward to, by the way. So it's not like we're sitting tonight saying, oh, they need this, they need that, that they're in dire straits. But when any new manager goes into any new football club and it's his first transfer window, he, he's going to want to put his own stamp on something, surely. He'll, he'll look to strengthen in areas that he feels he needs to strengthen. But make no mistake about it, the work will have been done. For, the things that can change again for both Rangers and Celtic are injuries because when injuries come and people need replaced that's when you need to act there but there will be players there but it might not have been a pressing priority two weeks ago now it might be 
because so now they might need to press the button on a position that they didn't think they were going to need to and that can impact potentially other uh, incomings as well but make no mistake about it Ross Wilson will be doing his work behind the scenes they'll be starting preparing the minute one transfer window's done they'll be starting preparing for the next one and they'll have their list of players they'll have the profiles of the players that need to match and another thing that even goes for Giovanni you know because Ross Wilson will have Giovanni on his list to replace when Steven Gerrard was obviously inevitably going to leave. So this is the job that I would I would expect Ross Wilson and probably any director of football to be doing at any club, to be honest with you. So it's a succession plan. You know, you need to be ahead of the game. Players, managers, coaches, you need to know what your club wants and you need to have you need to be prepared to go and get it. And you know that that list will be fluid. It'll change because players might move on to other teams on your list. But Ross Wilson has shown they acted quickly. They acted, in my opinion, correctly on Giovanni. They've got him in. They've seen some real... I said prior to Giovanni coming, whoever comes in must continue the good work and take it forward. And in my opinion, in the last month, in the six games or so that Giovanni's had, there has been that. There has been slight changes to it. And he will look definitely to add players that I'm sure fit how Rangers want to play, how we wants to play. But they are aligned. They have to be aligned. There has to be a collaboration between club and and manager, so that's Ross Wilson in his role, Giovanni in his role, and they will work together and they will come up with the, with the correct answers, hopefully, for Rangers. Tommy, seven, eight months ago, St Johnston coming to Ibrooks would be that potential banana skin. We know what they did there in the Cup. They were having a wonderful season and you would maybe feel a bit nervous about it if you were a, a Rangers fan. This is a St Johnston team that's now bottom of the table. Does it still feel like a risky it's fixture? Always, always a banana skin, isn't it? You're always... You're always worried when the smaller teams come because uh, sometimes maybe rings, things are not worth it any, any deal for them. Teams, they get a bit slack because they think, oh, it's just St. Johnson, it's just Livingston, you know. No, I think they need to be switched on tomorrow night uh, and get a job done. Which I think they will, but then again, you're always you're always fearful. Always fearful. Yeah, Roger, do, does this St. Johnson team this season still carry the same fear for Tommy and his fellow fans? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, St. John's were never going to hit the heights of last season. That's a one-off season in the club's history. A historic achievements for Callum Davidson and the players to win those two cup competitions. So they were always going to hit some sort of slide this season. don't think any of us could really see the slide that they've hit. And they can't seem to score goals. They can't seem to keep goals out. They're struggling with injuries throughout the team, particularly in the middle of the park. They brought in Jacob Butterfield, I think, who played down south, but latterly was at Melbourne playing in the, the A-League. He's going to come in. They're trying to get him registered for the game. They've got all manner of different problems. Losing Ali McCann and losing Jason Kerr, arguably the biggest problems, two of their better players last season. So they've really toiled. They're now bottom of the league. And I think if they were to get anything at Ibrox tomorrow night, it would be a bigger surprise than when Xander Clark and Chris Kane managed to conspire to, to get that penalty shootout in the Cup last year. OK, thank you very much to Tommy. Before we go any further, let me talk to you about this. <laughs> Cash for Kids, Mission Christmas. Now, time is running out, but there is still time to donate to Cash for Kids, Mission Christmas Appeal as we get closer to the big day. Uh, the chance for you to make a difference for families across Glasgow and the West is still there. Due to the pandemic, those who were just about managing to get by have now been tipped even further into poverty. And unfortunately, many out there have actually reached crisis points. So you can make a difference this year by supporting Cash for Kids Mission Christmas. And you don't need to take my word for it to hear exactly what difference your money makes. Here's Joan. Now, Joan works 
at North United Communities. So they're based in the north of Glasgow. They offer a range of activities for the whole family and she explains the difference that your donations can make. If you can donate just the littlest amount, that makes a difference. It puts something on the table for those families. It helps towards something if it's a small gift. You could be the Santa Claus for those children. Christmas is supposed to be a special time for people and it doesn't feel very special for most people that we have got in contact with just now. Not because they don't want it, because they simply can't afford it. Yeah, pretty tough to hear from Joan in some parts of Glasgow in the West, as many as one in two children living in poverty. So with your help, we're not even trying anything magical, just making it a different day for thousands of children. We guarantee you every penny, every penny of the funds raised goes straight back to support the families who need it the most. And it really does make such a difference. So if you want to find out more, go to Clyde1.com forward slash mission. That's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with J&D Pierce. We'll take more of your calls after these. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Kenny Miller is in the building, so is Roger Hanna. Pick up the phone and let the guys know what is on your mind. 0141-951-1025 or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, exciting European draws. Well, I mean, depends if having to redo the Champions League draw is your idea of, it, of exciting or not. But uh, there was a bit of drama there. Rangers and Celtic both keeping an eye on, on what they got in the Europa League and conference draws. Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu on that. He says he's looking forward to a fantastic challenge against Bodo Glimt. He thinks it will be a tough test in tough conditions. We've got an opportunity now, you know, in the knockout stages of, of a European competition in the new year, which, you know, is exciting for us, something to plan for. There's always a couple of things you look at, you know, obviously the opponent itself and also then, you know, the conditions you're going to have to face. And, and I think both are going to be equally challenging for us um, from the point of view of, you know, both are a very good team. Um, champions last couple of years, you look at their, you know, the, the, the European group, they're undefeated, a couple of significant results. And and then you look at the conditions, you know, um, obviously um, going up there in February and, and the fact they got an artificial pitch, um, some fantastic challenges for us. Um, whoever we got, it was going to be exciting. Um, I guess um, you know, the first games here at Celtic Park, which I think will be, uh, you know, a big game for us. Um, hopefully by then I'm talking less about injuries and more about, you know, how... Uh, how many players I have at my disposal and um, and we think we have a fair crack at it. Roger Hanna, what did you make of that? You'll have to forgive me. I, I, I can't credit the original tweeter. I've just lost it. I did notice someone on Twitter though in the last couple of days describing this as something along the lines of the the Arctic Circle version of Livy and, they, and therefore it would be a, <laughs> a tough challenge uh, for Celtic, needless to say, there'll be a decent football team as well, given some of the results in recent times. Yeah, listen, the first thing you do think of is the Arctic Circle in the month of February. So I think we'll have a whip round in here and hopefully we'll send Gordon DL over to cover it for Super Scoreboard. Uh, from a football point of view, though, those couple of significant results that Ange Postecoglou talks about, they included a 6-1 home win against Roma. Now, I know Jose Mourinho made a lot of changes that night to the Roma team, but they've still beaten Roma 6-1. And then they're still gone to the Olympic Stadium in Rome and get a 2-2 in the other group game so they can't be any mongers you would expect Celtic probably to edge it they'll have players back to full fitness I would fully expect Celtic to go through but even recent history think of the problems Celtic had with Molder and teams for the Norwegian league in the past Rosenberg and back a few years now so I don't think Ange Bosikoglu will treat it lightly 
Kenny Miller, a man who played many times for his country here, there and everywhere, who played in Europe for Celtic and Rangers and who played in Canada. You must have had some wildly cold experiences that you can sympathise with Ange Postacoglu's team here. I normally hear like Roger Cazelle up in Dingwall or something, that would be probably the coldest on a Tuesday night in December, but it was, uh, no, I've played in a lot of places, again, you've played in the, the, the reverse as well, in incredible heat, so it's, uh, I, mean, I mean, the conditions are a, a big thing, you know, but when you look at that game, it's a, it's a draw and a tie that as much as Roger touched on the, the two results against Roma, again, huge results for the football club for Bodo, but it'll be a game that Celtic fans will look at and think, we must progress, you know, and I know Celtic fans and Rangers fans also say we need to win every game, and, and that's correct. But when you get, for instance, a Borussia Dortmund in, in a in a Europa League round of thirty two game, there has to be a bit of realism in it. Yeah, you want to compete. Yes, you want to hold your own. But the Bodo Glimp game for Celtic will be a game they will definitely look to to qualify for the uh, for the next round and keep the European run going. Let's go to the phones. So one four one nine five one one zero two five. John. Is a Celtic fan. Do you fancy a trip to the Arctic Circle, John? Is that one you've got your eye on? No. <laughs> no chance. Hey, Gordon, can I, can I get a wee mention for another sport for coming up on Saturday, mate? I've been trying to go on. I've been on a phone about a wee boy for Coke Bridge, eh, Mark McEwen, and Ricky Burns is fighting on the, the Bill Tuberal. There's a big contingent of boys going down on eh, Saturday to Sunderland just to give them a shout-out. This wee boy, as I've said, he's got all the Martins, he's got a, a future world champion, he's got all the attributes, he's just as a squad he's going down. And uh, to Sunderland and, and Saturday night, just to get a wee shout out from good luck to him. Know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, Clyde One Super Scoreboard very quickly became the GBX for a minute there, John. But I don't <laughs> mind that. Always happy to support people in their sporting endeavours. Uh, what about your team at the moment? Then what's on your mind? I will. As I was saying, uh, the, the producer I was talking to there. You, I, know, I know I maybe contradict my, my statement there when I say to him, but do you think would you call it Celtic? Could uh, I don't know if it's viable, but can they call? Can they recall Lee Griffiths for his loan spell? But the only thing is, 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 again, I don't think he'd fit into the style of play, the, the way we play. I mean, but as I said, I would rather play way a, a recognised number nine than the way they're playing the now. Although they're doing well, I mean, as Kenny touched on earlier, with the, the, the experienced guys, but I still think it's better to play with a recognised number nine. I just want to know what Kenny and Roger think of that. Well, take it away, Roger. Well, we're discussing, when Tommy was on discussing Luke McCowan of, of Dundee earlier on, we were just discussing that so much was expected of Lee Griffiths at Dundee when he went there on his loan spare allegedly from Celtic close friend of the Dundee manager James McPake and I think people really expected him to, to kick on to score a lot of goals for Dundee and then possibly in January go back to Celtic this is the last year of his Celtic deal or it was a one year deal that he got I should say in the summer so it's up to him to prove he's got a future at Celtic at the minute, he hasn't proved he's got a future at Dundee. So I, I just cannot see Ange Postecoglou bringing him back any time soon. Lee Griffith's next goal has to be to get into the Dundee team. Kenny? I have to agree. I think that's the... It would probably be one of the last things Ange would look at at the moment. As an option. As an option. Is it, a, is it an option that's doable? I don't know. I would doubt it very much. But listen, maybe maybe in January. Maybe. But by that point, like Ange says, he's hopefully he's, uh, he's on the back of all these injury problems and he's got a full squad or as near as a full squad as he can to select from. So, yeah, I think Lee's went out on loan for a reason. Yeah, it's to get back playing football. It's to get back scoring goals and, and to do what he does best. And at the moment, he's he's finding himself on the bench at the moment at Dundee because they have had a, a decent run of results. So uh, yeah, that would be the first the first port to call for Lee's get, get back in the Dundee team, get scoring goals, and then who knows what will go on in January. On the bench again tonight for Dundee at Easter Road. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I noticed that, and that's what I was going to say. If you think back to the the circumstances which led to that initial loan spell, uh, even an inform Lee Griffiths, it would have been rather surprising to see Celtic recall him in January. So this is even more unlikely. Yeah, and and listen, beyond the season, Lee, Lee Griffiths would be a decent earner at Celtic. So I would imagine the deer only playing paying a fraction of his Celtic wages to have him there until the end of the season. They won't be able to afford to pay his full wages next season. So you wonder where the next step in Lee Griffiths' career is going to be. Yeah, John, I think we will have to uh, leave it there. Although was it, I think it was just a one-year extension in the summer, wasn't it? Just for yeah. accuracy purposes. But anyway, John, thank you very much. It's 01419511025 to make a point to the panel. And in fact, it's that time of the night. Let's play this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Come on then, beat the pundit time. There's a new contender, Roger Hanna. I don't know if you've heard the man to your left. Oh yes, he's I've four heard. From four. He's a hundred percent record. Well, Kenny Miller, you are in the presence, I don't know if you know this, of beat the pundit royalty in Roger Hanna. Roger Hanna is so good at this, Kenny Miller, he starts on minus one. We've had to handicap the guy. Because he's so good at it. So let's see what we can do tonight. 0141 951 You're going to have to know your stuff to get past either of these two. The lines close at 7 o'clock. Your chance to beat the pundit is next. Tackle the headlines. 0141 951 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna and Kenny Miller are here. Pick up the phone, let the guys know what you want to get off your chest. 0141-951-1025. In the first hour, we heard from Ange Postacoglu. More injury concerns for Celtic. James Forrest, Mikey Johnson, Kyogo, all set to miss Ross County tomorrow. Added, of course, to the likes of Jota, Giacomakis, Ayeti. So mostly attacking players. What do you think, Celtic fans? Concerned or confident that this month, this busy month, can be negotiated Without too many dramas, Rangers fans, we heard from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst saying January transfer planning is well underway. What do you hope that plan looks like? Let us know on the phones right now. And what about you Hibs fans out there? Are you excited by the suggestions, the strong suggestions, that Sean Maloney will be the new manager taking over from Jack Ross? Is that one that excites you or did you have another name in mind? 0141-951-1025. Pick up the phone right now and we'll get to you after we play this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. I have to say, I love the style of Josh in Wisher. Josh is not put off. Josh has listened to me say that Roger Hanna is so good at Beat the Pundit, he starts on minus one. And Kenny Miller has won every game of Beat the Pundit he's ever played. And Josh is not put off by that. He's stepped up to the plate and he fancies a crack at some of the big dogs. Is that right, Josh? Aye, whoever's uh, put in front of me will have a go. <laughs> I like that. I like it. Why not? Listen, you've got to, got to, got to beat the best, as they say. Uh, you're a Celtic fan, Josh. How are you feeling about your team at the moment? Uh, going in the right direction, just need to hopefully get one or two back and we'll be all right. Yeah, listen, this should be an injury-free beat the pundit. Roger Hanna does take it quite seriously. He closes his eyes when he's trying to think of the answers, Kenny. So if you see him falling off his stool, just prop him back up, will you? Not a problem. Not a problem, Gordon. I've got him. Good, right. Let's do it. Heads Heads it will be Roger Hanna. Tails it will be Kenny Miller. 
And it is tails, it's Kenny, up to defend that 100% record. So, let's give Kenny some Clyde 2 to listen to. And that way he can't hear what Josh is saying. Right, I think we've lost Kenny. Well, I say lost Kenny. We've deliberately lost him. We've sent him elsewhere. Josh, are you ready? I'm ready. Good man. It's very straightforward. 30 seconds. Answer as many questions right as you can. And if you don't know, you just pass and we move on, okay? Right, let's go. 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. Celtic's European opponents, Bodo Glimt, play in which country? Norway. Name either player who scored more than one league goal for Rangers this month. Joe Aribo. What squad number does Josip Juranovic wear for Celtic? 88. Who did Rangers sell Giovanni Van Bronckhorst to in 2001? Arsenal. What nationality is Dundee United goalkeeper Benjamin Segrist? Switzerland. Who's got more international caps, Abada or Jakimakis? Abada. Okay, let's bring Kenny Miller back. Kenny, can you hear us? I sure can. Nice one, let's go. Same set of questions to you, Kenny. 30 seconds on the clock, your time starts now. Celtic's European opponents, Bodo Glimt, play in which country? Norway. Name either player who's scored more than one league goal for Rangers this month. Morelos. What squad number does Josip Juranovic wear for Celtic? Pass. Who did Rangers sell Giovanni Van Bronckhorst to in 2001? Arsenal. What nationality is Dundee United goalie Benjamin Segrist? Pass. Who's got more international caps, Abada or Giacomakis? Giacomakis. Who's the only footballer nominated for this year's Sports Personality of the Year? Ooh. Pass. Okay, okay, okay. Josh, what do you think? Feeling confident? Yeah, I think it'll be tight. I think it is tight. Let's go through them and find out. First question, you both knew that Bodo Glimt are from Norway. Josh has already got his long johns looked out, ready for that trip. Name either player who scored more than one league goal for Rangers this month. You had a choice of Aribo or Morelos. I think you you picked uh, one each, so you both got that one correct. Josip Juranovic wears number 88. Josh got it, so he goes 3-2 in front. Um, Arsenal, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, was the club uh, that he went to. Uh, Benjamin Segrist is Swiss. So where are we? Is that Josh still leading by one? Um, let me double-check that one. Uh, Giacomakis has got more caps. So Kenny Miller got that one right and Josh didn't. And the sports personality of the year, the only footballer, Roger Hanna? Raheem Sterling. Four. So it was a four for Kenny Miller and a one, two, three, four, a five actually, I think, for Josh. So I think Josh has done it. I think producer Dan can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, any Stuart's inquiries in the in the studio? Yep, there we Roger go. Roger well seems to have to one Josh. here. I don't know what's going on here, Roger. Roger. <laughs> Sounded four four to me. Oh, did, did Josh did get it? Raheem Sterling? No, he didn't, but he got Benjamin Segrist. Oh. Sorry, I think we've yeah. miscounted. No, sorry, I think we've miscounted. Sorry. Right, okay, listen. I, I'm, I'm a fair man. You both got Norway. You both got the Rangers question. 88 was Juranovic, so Josh goes one in front. You both knew Arsenal. Nah, yeah. uh, Josh went two in front with Segrist, yeah. and Kenny pulled one back with Jack ah. and Marcus. That's we where go. we've miscounted. Well done, yep, Josh. Well done, Josh. Kenny's old had to go Well done Josh yep. You've toppled him His 100% record is over And you're the man to do it Well done Not a problem Cheers 
Look at, look at that. Listen to that, Roger Hanna. Taking that in his stride. Came on. Not bothered. Ah, I'll just give it a go. He's beat Kenny Miller's 100% record. And Listen, he, off he he's goes. got the shirt over his head. He's running around the living room in celebration. Don't you be kidding. Uh. <laughs> Do you know what, Kenny? Sometimes, as, as they say, sometimes you have to hold your hands up. You Listen, did you know what you know. Four is fine. You know, exactly. Listen, you know what you know. That's it. That was a good effort. Well done, Josh. Happy with that. And do you know what, Kenny? I know the way he operates. Hannah will be secretly delighted because that will strengthen his position See, at the top. What are you trying to say? He's not a team player. Listen, not we, not. We, we are team super scoreboard. We support each other. Uh, yeah, well, you've got a long way to reach down to support the likes of Ray and Keen, who are holding up the bottom of the table at the moment. So we'll see if they can improve uh, heading into the new year. Right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. On the phones, I did say any Hibs fans, and do you know what, not only Hibs fans, because it would be nice to hear from any neutral interested observers, Sean Maloney's a very well known name, had a good Celtic career, went down south, a great Scotland career as well, he's made some impressive steps into coaching at the Belgian national side, so give us your thoughts on that, it looks like he will become... The new Hibs manager, 01419511025. Is that the right move, the wrong move? You're somewhere in the middle and you're undecided. However you feel, pick up the phone um, and let us know. What do you think of it, Roger Hanna? Um, I seen the show on Saturday. I thought the Hibs board had panicked. I thought they got rid of Jack Ross and John Potter far too early. The first rumblings of discontent from a few supporters at Livingston last midweek and 10 o'clock the next morning, Jack was gone. And I said... I hope Ron Gordon, the owner, and Ben Kensel, the chief executive, have got something up their sleeve because the manager they've just sacked was a guy who got them into Europe, third in the league, took them to a Scottish Cup final and took them to a League Cup final. So for a club that spent three years in the Championship not that long ago, for me, Jack Ross did a decent job and was axed too soon. And I said in the show on Saturday, let's see what you've got. So for me, it's quite an imaginative appointment. I know he's no experience, but you know he's had a very good playing career, Sean Maloney, He's done his education, if you like, under Roberto Martinez. He's gone to major tournaments and worked with the Kevin De Bruyne's, the Eden Hazards, the Romelu Lukaku's. So he's eventually, you know, all of this is, is taking him down the path to eventually get his first big break in management in his own. It looks as if Hibs are going to give him that break. He's going to bring in his pal Gary Caldwell, who has management experience himself. Has experience of Hibernian himself, has plenty of experience of Scottish club football. So, together, it is quite an imaginative appointment for Hibernian if it's confirmed tonight or tomorrow. And you can only wish them good luck. I do love the thought of that, Kenny, with no disrespect at all. When Sean Maloney pulls Alex Gogic to one side and says, No, 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 no listen, this is what De Bruyne does. Just try and, try, try and do it this way if you can. Trust me, he'll not say that. <laughs> he won't be saying that. He's in oh, absolutely Roger spot on. It's uh, for me, it's a brilliant appointment. I really, I say, forward thinking. I th- it's an appointment I would like to see in our game. Younger, hungry coach who has served his apprenticeship. You know, not only as a as an assistant to Roberto, he worked with Roberto for a number of years as well. Who he is an outstanding manager. Uh, attention to detail, and I know I speak to Sean. He's, uh, I think, he feels ready. Make no mistake, it's a wonderful opportunity for him as well to, to go into Hibs with a squad of players that, uh, in my opinion, are very, very good. They, they've been up and down a bit recently. Obviously, their league form has eventually obviously got uh, Jack Ross uh, the sack, but they're a good group of players. There's still a lot to play for uh, this season, obviously none more so than this weekend coming up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Sean Maloney. Uh, you, you obviously do. I would imagine, you know, what 
you see on, on television or hear on radio or, or having interviewed him, he's clearly quite a quiet character. He's also extremely insightful tactically. I think most people who've watched him on television would would agree to that and that education that he's had. It's obviously a side of the game he, he feels strongly about. It'll be interesting to see how that translates as into management, Kenny, because I think most people accept that that's it's a very specific role you you can be tactically brilliant does it translate into management how will the balance with him and Gary Caldwell work it's going to be a real fascinating time to watch isn't it that is but he's I mean, again everybody's different everybody approaches things in a, in a different way Sean's a thinker you know he's always been obsessed with football quietly obsessed uh, and like you say he's went right into coaching at an incredible level you know so he's had a brilliant education over the last few years working with Roberto with the, with the national team of Belgium. Uh, with Gary, again, I know they're good friends. Gary will bring something different because that's another thing about management. It's so important that you get your staff right. You need to get your staff right that are bringing things to your table. They're potentially ticking boxes that maybe you don't. Uh, so again, Gary is different. They are different characters. They're very like-minded in regards to how they want to play the game. Their intention to detail is, is second to And I've worked with Gary and he's been very unfortunate and in regards to what went on at Partick Thistle, uh, but done a wonderful job when he got his first. When he got his first break with Wigan, he obviously won the league, uh, League One down in England, and got Wigan at the Championship. So he's had good success as a manager already as well. And listen, two guys I know very, very well. Wish them all the best again. If it does get, if it does go through tonight, tomorrow morning, it's. Uh, like I said I'm really excited about the appointment. And it's it, listen. This is going to be completely different from anything Sean has known before, Gordon. You know, so many young coaches like to play football with the term the right way. And you can play football the right way on lovely pitches with De Bruyne and Hazard and Telemans and Carrasco and all these guys. But it's different when you come here and you're 1 0 down in the plastic at Livingston on a Wednesday night, or you come here and Ryan Portis gets sent off when you're 1 0 up at Ibrox, or Ryan Portis concedes a penalty when you're 0 0 with Angels with five minutes to go, or as I saw for Super Scoreboard at St Mirren on Saturday, when the wind's howling from one end to the other of that pitch in Paisley and Joe Shaughnessy's up for centre-half to smash in and equalise it by a couple of minutes to go, it's not all about the beautiful game at that stage. It's about adapting your philosophy to win games for Hibs. And I like that, Kenny. I, li- you know, I-, I liked what you said there. You know, he's, I think you said he's always been football-obsessed. And is that where things have changed for the better, perhaps, in, in recent years. I I imagine if I asked a player 20, 30 years ago which of their former teammates did you envisage going into management, it would probably be the guys who were the loud ones, the guys who would always try and cajole, who would be pointing fingers, would be trying to, to sort of drag people through games by the, the scruff of the neck. I can't imagine Sean Maloney ever did that, but, but you're saying he's he's a thinker and you know there is no right or wrong way to go about your management, clearly. No, not at all. And again, it's I wouldn't exactly agree with what you're saying here in regards to the shouters, the organisers. It's not it's about the people who are obsessed. You know, it's the people who live and breathe it. So when they leave their work, it's not just, all right, I'm there 10 till 12, 10 till 1 on my way up the road and I'm worrying about the golf or putting a coupon on, well, when we could used to put a coupon on, by the way. And uh, he's a thinker, you know, he's a thinker. He's always thought about the game in, in a way and it's guys who just, 
they want to make things better, you know. So if you're in a football club as a player, it's how can you make that better? You're always thinking like a coach, you know. Sean's been like that. Gary Caldwell's always been like that. We've sat around tables when we've been away on international duty, just constantly having your coffee, having your, your your a cup of tea, and just talking football. You know, every dinner, breakfast, lunch, and dinner when you're when you're there. These guys love it. You know, I've no doubt they will be successful. I've no doubt about it. The way they they operate. I know how they operate. They're very, very good. I know they'll get the response from uh, their players. Their players will love their work. That's one thing. They'll enjoy it. And that's what's the biggest thing for when you go into coaching and management. You need your players to buy in. You know, and that'll be, their, that'll be their first task. You know, you need to convince these guys that you know what you're doing. You need to enjoy their work every day. They need to look forward to coming to that training ground every day. And Hibs are in the cup final because they beat Rangers at Hamden in a semi-final, Gordon, on a day when a new manager called Giovanni Van Bronckhurst sat up in the stand and didn't take the team what chance Sean Maloney doing something similar? You think he'll want to take the team on Sunday? Sean will be in that dugout. If he gets the job, he'll be in that dugout. I've absolutely no doubt about it. What an opportunity to go on in your first game. I don't know, again, I don't know what, what stage the, the talks are at, if it is so close to being confirmed or, or if there's still a bit of kind of details to be ironed out. If that gets ironed out tonight, tomorrow, even Friday, I'll expect Sean, Sean Maloney to be in that dugout. It's, uh, it's a wonderful opportunity and it's... You know, you've got a chance to win a cup in your first game of football. You know, it's it's a wonderful opportunity for him. I'm sure it's one he'll grasp with both you, fans. You need to leave in one day. It's all downhill for you there. Well, that's it. If you win, you might, listen, you never know. You might get the next job. Who knows? You're a success already. <laughs> Is that the way it works then, Roger? Because I think most people, even Jack Ross's harshest critics, would have to have left a bit of room to say, right, 10 days before a cup final is fairly difficult timing. But if Sean Maloney does come in, does take the game, is it, I'm not going to say a, a no-lose situation, because clearly he won't want to lose a cup final, but he's hardly going to be judged on it. It's hardly going to be held against him, you know, uh -huh. if, if Celtic managed to win the cup. But as Kenny says, on the flip side of that, if you go in on day one and win a cup, um, it, it seems like actually, you know, f f a week ago we're talking about how it's really difficult timing and poor timing. For, for the new manager it's, it's an exciting prospect uh, Of course it's exciting And listen The cup final If Sean's appointed tomorrow The cup final will be four days away Sean Maloney's Hibs career Is going to be over the next four years Probably not over the next four days He will want to get in there At East Mains He'll want to get to know the players He'll want to work with the players And uh, this is going to sound silly It probably won't matter to Sean Maloney The next game's a cup final whether the next game had been against St Johnson or Ross County or Dundee in the league he would still have wanted to get in because you want to work with them and get to know them as quickly as possible because beyond the cup final I think they've got Aberdeen next midweek they've then got a Boxing Day game they've then I think they're at Celtic Park again before the end of the year and they've got the small matter of a derby themselves in the new year and at lunchtime on the Monday and the 3rd of January against Hearts and at a time when Robbie Nielsen has got Hearts Few positions above Hibs in the league I think Sean would like just to strike a little blow For the local bragging rights in Edinburgh Prior to the, win the winter break They need a league win though Roger Hanna And um, I don't know if it's at the stage where he'll be there tonight Or whether that's the type of thing that will just be Left for a, another day But they play in what 25 minutes time or something Yeah they, they do need a win They nearly got it on Saturday when it was at St Mirren Not the greatest of games I don't think there were many good games on Saturday afternoon But young Josh Campbell who I have been impressed with Got them ahead And, and that was a thing you know They, they had a, a back four Minus Paul McGinn Minus Paul Hanlon Minus Josh Doig 
And St Mirren just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Had a couple of half chances. Mark Macy made a really good save to deny Curtis May in the equaliser. But they just had that momentum, St Mirren. And Hibs just couldn't keep them out. And you sometimes see that when a team's on a bad run. You know, it's almost as if they don't believe they're going to keep the opposition out and get that win. And they just couldn't keep St Mirren out. Joe Shaughnessy scored another late equaliser against them. So the longer this run goes on, and I think it's only, what is it, one win in ten now in the Premiership, they desperately need a result tonight They need a result to get That run ended To lift momentum and confidence Ahead of the cup final on Sunday And to maybe show the next manager That yeah They're, they're half decent players He's inheriting Come on then Pick up that phone 01419511025 And we'll speak to you after these Taking your calls on Scottish football 01419511025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna are here. It's time for them to put their brains together and come up with the answers to tonight's full-time teaser. If you want to get involved, if you want your question used on the show, then the address you need is fulltime at clyde1.com. Fraser in Lanark did just that. He sent tonight's in, so thank you to Fraser. He wants you to name, since 2000-2001, six players who've scored for Celtic against Rangers but scored fewer than five goals in total for the club. So since 2000-2001, six players have scored for Celtic against Rangers, but they've scored fewer than five goals in total for Celtic. Now, there are only six answers, and I think you two, with your fairly sizable football brains, are going to scoosh this. So I'll take one suggestion each from you to kick us off. Joel Edley? No, he got more than five for Celtic. Roger? Is it the Mushroom? Oh god I was hoping you'd leave him Till last Mark Wilson Is on there Yes He only got three For Celtic uh, And he did of course In case you hadn't heard Lucky Papach Off the face you, You've seen the one before So uh, yes so that's Mark a, Wilson That's on. obviously established That own goals don't count Ah exactly Listen it was It was awful wasn't it And then he had his night ruined By a certain set two On the touchline But we'll, we'll move on He likes to moan about that More often than I care to mention So you've got one down Five to go So we will leave it there And see how you get on We always give the pundits Between round about this time And the end of the show To see if they can come up With the answer So you've got one already uh, We're good to go uh, 01419511025 On the phones At Clyde SSB On Twitter uh, please do get in touch Let us know what you've got In fact I think we've got Andy on the line Who is a Rangers fan What's on your mind tonight Andy? How you doing guys okay? Uh, I've just, just listened to the, the duo uh, The interview there Do you think he knows that we're going to be losing players in January? No he's saying he's getting prepared And he wants a stronger squad I mean we've got a strong squad Obviously always like it being proved But I just wonder if he's got, he knows something that we don't know that we're going to be there's a chance he might be losing maybe two or three of your best players. Roger? Um, no, I don't think you'll be losing two or three of your best players, Andy. I think if you listen to, I think it was Ross Wilson and Stuart Robertson both spoke at the AGM a couple of weeks ago, and there are natural concerns among the Rangers support when you see a financial bulletin of losses of £23.5 million and you see in those accounts um, the club saying they need, I think, £7.5 million of extra funding to get through to the end of the season. But by the time of the AGM, Stuart Robertson spoke that that £7.5 million shortfall had been met, in fact, had been exceeded by money brought into the club um, Ross Wilson said there was no immediate pressure To sell any players in January And I think if you look at the Angels you know, They don't hide away from the fact that Eventually they want to start this trading model Where 
you know, bring players in, develop them, sell them for bigger fees. But this season, there's a huge prize at the end of the season of entry straight into the Champions League, estimated windfall £40 million. So I can't see Rangers, you know, selling a player at five or six or eight or even £10 million in January that might put at risk the prize of 40 at the end of the season. What do you think, Kenny? I feel like every transfer window in the last few years, once Rangers started picking up ahead of steam and, and doing good things in Europe and then eventually winning the league, we keep saying that they're going to brace themselves for you know bids or and, and then no one really seems to leave. So what do you, is that going to change or same again? I think there is a list of players that would definitely be of interest to other teams, particularly, obviously, English Premiership teams and... I think the minute Steven Gerrard left, it was, oh, will he come back for anybody for that current squad? Potentially someone he's signed. Again, the likes of, again, Kamaras, Aribos, Kents, Patterson's are all guys that I think would definitely fetch decent money. Uh, obviously, you've got Conor Goldson who's running his contract down at the moment. If he doesn't re-sign, that will be the last opportunity. It'll be January to potentially get a little bit of money back for him. So, again, I don't know. I generally... Hundred percent, with Rangers don't want to be losing any of their their, their key players. They've got an opportunity to get to a, a Champions League slot next year. The windfall that comes along with that is is massive. Would be massive for either club. So it just depends who comes calling and, and what the price is. And I think if the right price does come along for any player, to be honest with you, I think Rangers will look to do business because I do believe there is cover, particularly in the forward areas, midfield areas, and forward areas. I think they could do with losing, or sorry, they could handle losing one potentially player from from an area uh, that area of the field who is I don't know because you, you've got a Joe Rebo who's in, been in really really good form this year he's probably been one of the most consistent performers in the team there's been constant speculation surrounding Morelos again thinking about where Rangers maybe need to strengthen depending on what's going on with Kam- uh, Kamar Roof we've not seen a lot of Defoe this season so num- like the nine area might be an area they might look to strengthen and depends again does someone come from Morelos is the price right you know, there's been there's was chatty 15, 16 million for Leo knocked back. I don't think you'll be looking at that kind of number again for Alfredo. But if uh, if you get maybe eight to ten million, is that is that an area that you maybe do business on? So I think there would be genuine interest in some of the players. Maybe not in January, maybe towards the end of the season, and that would probably suit Rangers and Geo better. As Kenny says, Andy, it was always about Morelos at transfer window time. Ryan Kent's had. Honourable mentions a couple of times. I wonder if the form of Joe Aribo puts him at the top of the the list of of players that that might attract attention. Andy, what do you think? Well, I agree. Uh, lots have made me feel about half a statement. We're going to sell anybody, but no, I totally agree. But I just hope they know they're going to go at one point. But no, halfway through the season, you, you want to keep you want to keep the pulse squad. We've got in there to get us to the end of the season and try and win. The league, you know, what I mean, really, we we, we do. It's a, it's a fact we are going to lose a lot of players, but right now, we just got to try and keep them. And I, I would definitely bring back Cottage. I would say uh, for Golson, you know, a wee bit of cover man. But he start Golson looks like he's starting to come back into a game again. Now. Yeah, did we see that at the weekend, Kenny? I generally like a, a debate, and people will always have their favourites. I'm not sure there is much of a debate about. Rangers' best player this season is there? Did Joe Aribo cement that at the weekend? He did. He's 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 in. He's been in real good form. You know. Again, in regards to Conor Golson as well, like it's just natural. You always get this type of speculation when a, a player who's playing every single week for Rangers or Celtic for that matter that are running their contract down. The speculation always mounts, and if there's a few 
mistakes that, that get punished, you always kind of start jumping on the bandwagon. Oh, he's, his head's somewhere else. He's, he's got he's got one eye on a move. To be fair, at the weekend, the pass for Goldson, which is again a, a traitor Rangers game. It's not what wasn't just at the weekend, but the run. It's definitely something that Giovanni's looked to work on because it's not just that. It was a, Livingston was very similar uh, in Europe. You, you see that movement constantly, particularly for Ryan Kent and Joe Rebo, Scott Arfield when he plays as well for the midfield. They've got these forward runs for these diagonal, longer diagonal passes, and it was a wonderful pass and an incredible touch and finish for Joe Rebo. So uh, yeah, it was. There's no doubt Joe Rebo's been. Again, the most consistent performer for performer for Rangers this season. He's, he's maintained that level of consistency even when some of his teammates have, have not been quite at the top of their game. But it's, it'll be an interesting transfer window for Rangers because, like Roger says, there's so much at stake for the league winner this year that Celtic are looking to strengthen. There's not a lot to talk about anybody leaving there. The talk's been about, yeah, Rangers will look to go into the transfer market in January. Who that's going to be? Is it going to be loan signings? Is there money to spend? Who knows? But it also might depend on who potentially is going to be drawing interest for other teams down south. Yeah, I mean, Andy, hang on the line. I'll get your thoughts on this because it's been a, a busy week, an exciting week, I guess, with the draw yesterday. Um, we did mention some of the drama around the Champions League draw for Rangers. It was all about that Europa League draw and the potential glamour or a so-called easier route. Giovanni Van Bronker says he's excited by the draw against Borussia Dortmund. He wants the squad to relish playing against a top team. For me, a very exciting draw. I think not only for me, but for the team as well, as, as well for the club. You know, uh, playing against a top side in Europe has been uh, so it's a good forecast for us to be able to uh, play two good games against a quality uh, opponent. Uh, so in that way, it's for me, it's uh, it's a nice draw. You know, it's going to be really hard, but you want the challenges uh, in life and also in football to uh, compete with the best. And uh, you know, we are uh, able to uh, compete with the best now. So we have to be on the, on the top of our game. But uh, really exciting to uh, to see the draw against Dortmund. Is it exciting for you, Andy? Oh, well, I think. I'm psyched to join in most of the game I was in with Bayern Munich at Ibrox to get the, the cup final. That's so the German team here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be hard when that big boy they got up front. Just he is. <laughs> don't know much that boy's going to be worse, <laughs> but he's he's going to be hard hard to handle. But I am looking forward to it. Uh, I I think we could do okay. You know what I mean? I really do. I think we could we could do it. Roger, what did you think about it? I thought it was great. I thought it was a great draw. I thought, I thought I thought both draws were good yesterday because the Celtic draw we touched upon earlier on gives them a chance to get through into the next stage of the Conference League. But for Rangers in the Europa League, I don't think anyone really expects Rangers to win the Europa League. So why not go out if you're going to go out with all guns blazing against Erling Haaland, against Jude Bellingham, against all these superstars second in the Bundesliga? And you know, I'm talking as if it's a lost cause That's the best of it It's not quite a lost cause There is a 10, 20, 25% chance However you want to put it Of Rangers just Shocking Dortmund And it's just going to be A great tie Because that, that's what European football Is all about Get into the knockout stages Get a big name Fill the place Get the crowd Behind you Get some TV money in And enjoy it Kenny, you must have missed the the last time these sides met by about six months or something, did you? Is my is my calendar correct? Yep, never. Uh, I never played against them, but it's a wonderful tie. It really is. It's uh, 
like, like Roger said, it's not a lost cause. I remember watching Barcelona come with Messi, Henri and Etu. I think it was it was up front and, and it was nil nil. Or might even have been I wouldn't have been Ronaldinho, I'm sure it was Etu, Messi and uh, and Henri as a front three for Barcelona and the game was nil nil. Like you frustrated, you defended very, very well. I think this team, to be honest, I think they will have a go. They'll need to defend well. Alan McGregor will need to be at his usual best when it comes to the big moments and the big saves, which I'm sure he will be. But uh, this team want to play with the ball. And what a test. You know, what a test for Giovanni's Rangers team that are playing so... Like, you can see the changes they're playing. I think the players look like they've responded to the new manager coming in. And they're playing some wonderful attacking football. And they make no mistake about it. The best teams in the world don't want to chase and work hard to get the ball back. They want you to give them the ball back because you're a little bit potentially in awe or a little bit in fear of playing against maybe the, the better level of the opposition. But when you've got the ball, you need to make the most of it. You need to score a goal to win games of football, unless it's no no and no no and you win on penalties right enough. But it's a brilliant night, you know. We'd love to be involved in the game. It's I'm sure the Rangers players, the Rangers fans and everybody involved at the club will, will be looking forward to that night. Obviously, there's a lot of football to be played before then, but looking forward to that draw. European football after Christmas, we are we are super power European football company Ibrox. I mean, I guess this is what you guys, you know, are in the game for to test yourself at at these levels. Kenny, what what was the standout for you when you when you played European club competition? If I, if I was to make you pick, who was the best team you played against? Okay, we played Man United. You know, Man United at that point were a were, were Sir Alex's Man United, and they were a they were an incredible team. Uh, played them for. Celtic and Rangers in, in the Champions League so it was real good experience we played against an AC Milan team as well in the in the last 16 of the Champions League when I was at Celtic and they went on to win that uh, lost the game in extra time because it was 0-0-0-0 and it was a caca wonder goal that, that, that won the game in that. and they went on to win it that year so that team that AC Milan team were, yeah. were phenomenal yeah, they weren't bad, uh, I must admit. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i try it for the second night in a row, Roger, because the pundits are all different. Last night, Jim Duffy, and he's just... He's just... He, he just never never flinches, never changes his mood. He's never up nor down. He's just straight down the middle. That's what I like about him. And then when I offered up how it, how cool it was that Gio Reyna plays for Dortmund and was named after Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, he just couldn't have cared less. Any, anyone in the studio <laughs> tonight care a bit more? I'll try it for a second night. Well... Listen, you asked Kenny there had ever played against Dortmund He missed about six months I was actually at the game I had, would you believe, five nights in Germany with Hugh Keevens Because our respective oh, wow. newspapers at the time Considered it a good idea To send us in what they used to be termed a spying trip now, Quite why the newspapers need to go on spying trips I'm not sure But Hugh and I went to the old Olympic Stadium in Munich Dortmund were playing Bayern Munich on the Saturday night before they played Rangers in the midweek in the game at the Westfalen Stadion and Hugh and I were dispatched to Munich and we got to Munich and there was I'm sure I've told you this story before Gordon there was two feet of snow in the pitch and Hugh and Kevin when we arrived at the Olympic Stadium we thought there's absolutely no chance of this game being on and we went downstairs to enjoy the best hospitality that Bayern Munich could pour our way mm, okay. and a couple of hours later they got a tap on the shoulder to say Gents, if you don't hurry up, you're going to miss kickoff. And we went upstairs, and the place was like a bowling green, Gordon. So that's German efficiency. If that's the kind of efficiency Borussia Dortmund produced in February, Rangers aren't bother. Absolutely. Well, it's something for us to look forward to in the distance, I guess. Thank you, Andy. 01419511025 on the phones. You can tweet your kind, warm wishes at Clyde SSB. Uh, let's revisit this teaser quickly. Fraser and Lanark sent it in full time at Clyde1.com since 2000-2001 six players have scored for Celtic against Rangers 
but they've scored fewer than five goals in total for the club. So Mark Wilson, our very own, uh, was the only one you had so far. Kenny, have you thought of any? I've went as Julian one. No, he is not. He must have just. Does he got more than? I'm surprised he's not on the list. I will launch a steward's inquiry. Could be another one of these ones, is it? Could be. What about uh, what about Badr El Kaduri? Do you know what? Just as you said that, Motherwell's top scorer in the league, former Celtic striker Tony Watt, sent that in at the exact same time as you, El Kaduri. Well done. Um, I'm thinking League Cup final. Darno D. He's got six. Oh. Ah, there we are, Kenny. I breathe a sigh of relief. Julian has got five on the dot, so it's not fewer than five. He okay. just I'm just thinking big out. cup ties. Remember a cup semi-final, Eric Sviatchenko? Yes. Okay, we'll leave it there. Eric Sviatchenko got two for Celtic. So Sviatchenko, El Kaduri, Wilson. Uh, you've got three to get, and we'll get them after these. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard We are on the home straight with Kenny Miller and Roger Hanna tonight 0141951 Still time for you to get your calls in Let's see if they've benefited from any thinking time on the teaser Since 2000-2001 Six players have scored for Celtic against Rangers But have scored fewer than five goals in total for the club So guys like Eric Sviatchenko Badr El Kaduri, Mark Wilson, any more? Kenny, Roger? I've got maybe a good friend of mine, maybe Lee Naylor one. He is, I think he got three. That's right. Do you two play at Wolves as well? Yeah? Absolutely, and uh, Cardiff as well. We just used to follow oh, him everywhere, so he did. Follow each other around. Uh, yes, Lee Naylor, well done, Roger. Well, see, Kenny's just naming all his pals here. I've run out of pals after you and Gordon DL, so I'm struggling. What about Thomas Ronya? Ah, superb Thomas Oronia He got two for Celtic One of which was against Rangers Sets us up nicely for a, a good finale You've only got one to get So we'll see how we get on uh, a bit later Let's go back to the phones and bring in Simon Who is a Kilmarnock fan What have you got for us tonight, Simon? Uh, hi guys, hope you're all doing well um, It's not really a phone call I want to be making um, No offence to you guys or anything But, um, you know, I, I, I like to think I'm not Overreactionary. I think when Tommy when Commander got fired last season, you know I felt he was the man to he, he deserved to you know have a go in the championship to keep his uh, to get his back up. Um, at the start of the season, I phoned up and I was saying you know it's not clicking yet, but we're getting results. But you know it's a whole new squad, so it's going to take a wee while for everything to get um, into the kind of swing of things. But you know if anything now it's still not clicking, and we're now not getting results. Um, you know it's been an expensive wee while um, up to Inverness on a Friday night you know no trains back so you're in a hotel best part of 200 quid spent that weekend uh, last weekend it's £40 return best nearly £40 from Kilmarnock to Kirkcaldy your ticket for the game food, drinks and stuff again £100 to see we saw three shots on target for Kilmarnock in those two games so it's working out about 100 quid per shot on target and then Tommy Wright at the end of the game has the cheek to cut his ears to the Kilmarnock fans and sarcastically applaud them you know, we spent a lot of money following this team. We've seen a lot of dross the last couple of years. And to do that, I think, was disrespectful. The results just aren't... The, the style of football is terrible. The results aren't now there. The players don't look like they know what they're doing. We've changed formation two or three times in the last couple of months. And nothing seems to be working. It, it seems to be... At the end of the game, uh, the Kilmarnock fans... There was a, 
I'd say maybe it was 50-50. Some of the 50, 50% of the Kilmarnock fans were saying, Tommy, we would like you to go somewhere else. Uh, maybe not in so polite way. And as soon as Tommy started cupping his ears and sarcastically applauding the fans, I would say that went up to 90-95%. I think he's burnt, burnt his bridges and a change needs to be made. Otherwise, we're going to be in the, the Championship for another year and I don't think we can, we can afford that. Mm. Yeah, Roger Hanna, on a light-hearted note, I am loving the fact that Simon's introduced us to the next big stat in football because stats are taking over price per shot. Is the is the new one that I think we need to focus on here? Um, I, I like it, and as Simon's right, you look at the results. I think it's it's three one nil defeats in a row in the league. It's four one nil defeats in the last five in the league. So um, it's not a happy place. No, it's not a happy place just now. Um, I was down there all week for Super Scoreboard when they lost one nil at home to Partick Thistle, and it could actually have been more. And I expected more from Kilmarnock. I have to say, and listen, Simon will probably back me up here. But when you look at the table. They're down in fourth. They're, they're five points adrift of Inverness. They're four behind Wraith. They're two behind their broth, who went down there and won. And they're only a single point above Thistle. You know, Thistle could go above them and knock them out a playoff place, even, which would be unthinkable for Kilmarnock coming down for the budget Kilmarnock have. And Simon might be able to tell me when I've got Kilmarnock supporting friends who say season tickets have been pegged at Premiership prices for this season and a bid to keep the budget up. So they could make a real good tell to getting back up. Um, we've seen a lot of teams coming down. We mentioned the earlier Hibs had three seasons down. Rangers had two seasons in the Championship. I think Dundee United had three or four. Dundee, I think, had seven seasons down there when they went down. So nobody's got a divine right to get down and come straight back up. You need to get it right because there are good teams round about you. And Kilmarnock have found that recently, you know, losing to the likes of Wraith. The likes of Inverness, Partick, or Broth, all the sides round about them have beaten them this season. And I think the festive period is going to be huge for Kilmarnock and for Tommy Wright. And by the sounds of it, Tommy Wright is the unhappiest he's been since Jim Duffy tipped St Johnston to go down uh, on Super Scoreboard a few seasons ago. We were just getting over that as well. And uh, now he's not happy about things. Kenny, what do you make of that? I mean, obviously I wasn't there. I don't think you were either, but I, I did see it and. Simon paints the picture very well The manager's getting stick from the fans He then decides to sort of cut the ears And, and clap sarcastically Football management's extremely difficult I'm sure you know that and I, and I don't But when you're getting pelters I'm sure it's not easy But that's just never going to wash well with the fans is it? No it's not And I'm sure if again Like you say Simon did paint the picture I'm very visual So I could visualise it really well And I'm sure it's something That Tommy Wright's looking at now And thinking It probably wasn't the best thing to do It's your fans Simon's just outlined how much it's cost to, to travel and watch that team and the results are not good enough. He's clearly saying he's not liking the performances either. So it's, uh, yeah, Tommy will maybe not be too happy about uh, his actions after the game because you, you, any football club needs your fans, you know. And for me, I've just got a wee question for Simon, actually. That he said the results are no good, the the style or the, the identity or the or the performance of the good. What, what would he want? Does he just want... Performances without the results Does he want just the team to be winning Because they need to go back up like he said Or would he obviously much prefer a bit of both At the start of the season That's what it was The performances weren't good But we were getting results And I think that was the most of the discussion was Listen this season's just about getting up uh, Whatever means, whatever manner it means Just get up um, And it seemed that's what we were doing um, But you know Rogers lined, uh, rattled off quite a few of the, the results there 
you know, out of the 24 points that have been available against the top five teams in the league, we've taken four this season. That's not promotion form. That's that's mid-table or bottom half of the table form. And for the championship, it's just, you know, it's not on. We've had this kind of same discussion when Angelo Alessio was here. You know, the football wasn't amazing. It was very Italian. We were very organised. You could tell the team knew what they wanted to do. We sacked them and we were sitting in fifth place, a point off fourth in the Premiership. Now we're sitting nearly in fifth place in the Championship. You know, you reap what you sow. There's a, I think we'll regret not making the decision now. Last year we sacked Alex Dyer too late, so Tommy Wright didn't get the, the January transfer window. I believe if he'd got that, we'd have stayed up. Um, this year, you know, there's a, there's a really good manager who's just lost his job in Jack Ross. Someone who's worked with James Fowler before. He, you know, James Fowler was his assistant, I believe, at Sunderland, and he's had him a few different places. They're really good friends. He's the man you just go and go. Listen, get back on the saddle. You've brought St Mirren up before. You know this team. We have a decent budget. There are good players there. We've got players who should be playing better than they are. Come in, rejuvenate them. You know, get your name back up and going. And um, I still think it's. I still think that the championship is winnable. But I, unfortunately. I wanted it to work out and I think sometimes it's important to be able to hold your hands up and say you were wrong. I wanted Tommy Wright. I thought he was the right man but I was wrong. On a plus point though, Simon, you did get your toilet roll back from the United goalie. <laughs> yeah, I know. It saved me a few quid for that. And you also play the next five games are against the, the five teams at the bottom of the league. You've just played the, I know you've just touched on the results against the top league and that's not good enough. For Kilmarnock in that league, clearly uh, the budget they've got the, the, they should be going through or they would definitely as fans you would want them to be going through this league pretty much smooth sailing but unfortunately it's not like that football's not like that it's a tough division I've been in it a few years and it's a tough division to get out of but the next five games like you say Dunfermline, Hamilton, Greenock, Morton, Ayr and Queen of the South the five teams that are in the, the bottom half of that league it's an opportunity to go and definitely put some yeah. points on the board would you allow them that opportunity to, to go and maybe put Four wins, three wins out of five, four wins out of five, even five out of five would be great and definitely doable for Kamarnock with the squad of players they've got against those teams. Yeah, I I'm going to button because we're going to have to leave it there, oh, I'm afraid, sorry. Simon. We could do that all night because you've got it well researched and I was enjoying that, but time is upon us. It is that time of the night. It's been a very quick show. Uh, we'll have to park it there very quickly. You two in the studio, six players who've scored for Celtic against Rangers but scored fewer than five in total for the club. You've got them all bar one. Sviatchenko, Ronya, Elkaduri, Wilson and Naylor. Who's going to get the last-minute winner? What about Tommy Gravison? No, he got six, I think. Ooh. Bayata. Kenny? No, he actually got quite a few. Yeah. It's the most recent one, would you believe, as well? So even more recently than Eric Sviachenko. What if I told you he still played in the Scottish top flight? Oh, that's a good one. Right, I'll tell you his team, then you'll nail it straight away. Ready? Oh, is it Johnny Hayes? It is Johnny Hayes. Well done. Thank you very much, Roger Hanna. And thank you, Kenny Miller. As always, biggest thanks goes to you, though. Thank you for all your calls, your tweets. And for keeping us company tonight, another very busy show. I think it's still goalless between Hibs and Dundee, but whatever happens there, we'll look back on it tomorrow. And then two big games tomorrow night as well. Rangers, St. Johnson, Celtic are up in Dingwall. It's going to be a really potentially important night in that title race. So make sure you join us at 6 o'clock tomorrow. I'll see you then. And Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>